Are you sure that you have the right auto insurance policy? For all my parent friends, let's talk about that day when your kid gets their license, when they're on the road. We're going to blink, and that day is going to be here soon enough. A part of us will be excited not to have to play taxi driver anymore, right? But the reality then sets in adding your teenage driver to your car insurance policy, raising your rates. Now that's going to hurt. But can you control how much your rates climb? Is it even a financially smart move to add them to your policy? Or should you have them go on their own policy? It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is presented by Family First Credit Union, a helpful, educated team in our community that enjoys helping you live a financially healthy life. There's a lot to learn in this podcast. And like we always do, we're going to lay out all the facts and then you decide what's best for you and your family. When there's a new driver in the house... I can't believe I am three years away from that point. What do you need to know? How can you prepare yourself? We cash in with our expert, Mike Swass, owner of Insurance Marketplace. Thank you for helping us out today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Insurance Marketplace is an independent agency, which means you guys represent several insurance companies, both national and regional. Yeah. So if someone comes to our office and says, hey, I'm interested in a home or auto you know, proposal yeah. or something like that. Uh, we sit down, we gather information on them, and we are able to reach out to a multitude of different insurance companies to see which package, which company is, wants to put together uh, you know, the best offer for you. All right, so you price match for us. Exactly. Okay. When are you supposed to notify your insurance company that there's a new driver in the house? Yeah, so that's a great question. What I recommend is as soon as your kid gets their learner's permit, you want to let your insurance agent know because they're going to go ahead and list them on their policy as a driver in the household, but they're not going to start getting charged yet until they actually get their license. Oh, but as okay. soon as they get that permit, that's when you want to let your insurance agent know. How many know. people don't? Yeah, I think that people uh, like you get nervous and scared, and so they do want to bring it up uh, yeah. sooner rather than later. Sometimes they may not let us know until after they've gotten their license um, because they just don't think about it until the license comes about. Um, but it's problematic if you don't let the insurance company know. If your teenager gets in an auto accident and the insurance company didn't even know they were in the house driving your car, a couple different things can happen. One, they can try to go back and retroactively charge you for what they would have if oh. that uh, driver was properly yeah. listed. Or what they can even do is they'll go ahead and pay the claim, but then they'll cancel your policy. And you don't want to be in a position where you're out shopping for a new policy after you've had yours canceled. Uh, okay. So it's definitely important to make sure that the insurance company knows uh, that you have a new driver that's being added. But you're not going to start seeing the increase. Not until they get their license. The biggest fear for all of us is, oh, great, now how much am I going to have to pay? So is it smarter to put your child on your policy or have them go on their own? The key, though, is the name that the car that they're driving, whose okay. name is that in? So if, you're, if that's your car and you're letting your teenager drive it, you have to insure that car, and so they have to go on your policy. You have an option of, if, you're, if your teenager is 18, of having the car go into their name and yeah. having them get their own policy. I don't really recommend that. It's going to be more expensive if they're on their own. If they're part of your policy, they're going to get some multi-car discounts and some other credits. Uh, but the key is you have to know who the car is leased or owned by. And the insurance has to be in that name. And so nine out of ten times, it's the parents okay. for, you know, buying the car. And so it has to be in your, on your policy as the parent. So it's really important that, you know, the limits, the coverage limits on your policy 
are adequate because it's not per driver, it's per policy. And so you're protecting your family when you have your auto insurance policy. Um, You know, when your kid starts to get, you know, outside of college, early 20s, that's maybe when you want to start looking to nudge them off, you know, maybe put the car in their name, get them their own policy then Mm -hmm. when they start getting a job and stuff like that to help protect, you know, know, your family's assets. But for the teenagers, it usually makes sense uh, to have it part of your policy. Okay, because that's the goal is saving us money here. So that's the more cost-effective way of doing it. Yeah, because you get that multi-car discount. So you have your car, your husband's car, you have the, the, the third car is a typical example. And so the rates are going to be lower that way. And then what do you suggest? You should review your policy and make sure it's giving you adequate protection? Yeah, it's just a matter of having the proper limits in place. Um, okay. They're going to go after you as, as, as much as they think the, the attorneys think is worthwhile. You know, how negligent were you? How severe was the damage? Did they just fender bender someone or did they, you know... Uh, critically injure a cardiologist who has four kids. You know, those are the factors that are going to determine how much the attorneys are going to look for in damages. And so those are the conversations that you need to sit down with your agent and review your family's assets and what limits are appropriate. What are the appropriate limits? And so on an auto policy, there's, you know, several different line items. You have bodily injury, which is if you injure somebody and you get sued, you know, that's the limit of insurance you're going to have. Okay. Um, and those are the big ones, is, is those liability ones. If you injure somebody, uh, that's where the damages can be really high. You know, if you damage your own car, you know what the damages, the max can be. The max yeah. is going to be the value of the car. But the liability ones are really critical because those can be really high if, if you're involved in a serious auto accident. Then the premium goes up by how much on average? Yeah, so that's a great question. It depends upon the nature of the the, uh, the, the claim. It depends okay. on how much was paid out. Uh, severity is a big thing. So did they pay out a big claim versus frequency where they've paid out two or three small claims? Uh, all those things impact your premiums. Teenage drivers are so expensive to insure because they're involved in so many accidents. And so you want to make sure that you're having a serious conversation with your teenager Oh, about, yeah, right. About how responsive, you know. You can try. You can try. You have to. And that's <laughs> all you can do. <laughs> I know, but you have to hammer it home. And I'll tell you, there's uh, there's some great videos out there. Certain insurance companies have put together some real videos. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, examples throughout our Rochester community, uh, you can look back not very far ago, you know, to some of those Fairport yeah. uh, high school students. Oh. You know, those are difficult conversations to have. But if you think that that's the conversation you have to have with your teenager, to let them know they're not invincible. Uh, and a lot of times it's not even the damage they can do to themselves. It's what they can do to other people. And yeah. a lot of teenagers these days, you know, they, they're, they don't want to hurt their friends. They don't want to hurt their neighbors. So maybe if you shift the conversation to the, you know, the potential damage oh. they could do to others, yeah. perhaps they'd be more receptive to that. The severity can be catastrophic. All right, let's talk numbers. Just adding a teen driver, is there an average price increase? Yeah, so I'd say an average, I would anticipate maybe $800 a year, but there's oh. other factors that go into that. Part of it is, you know, what's the, what's the whole policy picture look like? What are the other drivers look like? What are the cars that you're looking to insure? Um, you know, are you giving your kid a, uh, a brand new Lexus or are you giving them a 1996 Toyota Camry? Which one is better? Yeah, so that's a great question. And it's a great question because as any parent, you want to make sure that your kid is driving a safe reliable vehicle. But at the same time, cost comes into play for how much uh, the car is worth. 
and also the experience that the insurance industry sees with those vehicles. So if you're giving your child, you know, a brand new Lexus, for example, they're going to have the safest, most reliable car out there, but you're also going to be paying top dollar to insure it because it's going to be very expensive. Um, But there's another example where you have, say, like, um, like a Mitsubishi Spider. You know, it's not a really expensive car, but it's a car where, you know, young men love to race and cruise around and there's mm-hmm. a ton of claims and a ton of accidents with those. So even though that car may not be as expensive as, say, a Lexus, it's going to be really expensive to insure just because of the history of people wow. driving that car. So you want to look at, you know, something like a, like a Camry or an Accord, a boring safe vehicle that your kid's going to hate you for. I was just going to say you know, that. That's right. like seven, eight, nine years old. If you're looking to save money, that's the direction you want to go. Oh, so pre-owned, boring Boring, vehicle. safe, grandma car. Yes. Love it. Yes, okay. exactly. Is it still true that uh, young male drivers cost more than female drivers, or is that leveling out? Yeah, it is still true, but it is leveling out a little bit. And again, it's, you know, a lot of insurance is just statistic-based. You know, there's a lot of analytics that go into it, and they kind of track where the accidents and where the claims come from. And, uh, but it is leveling out over the last few years, for sure. Pros and cons of things we can add to our policy with a young driver in the house. Collision insurance. Yeah, so that's, that's probably the one that's, that's worth having the most conversation yeah. about because it is one of the most expensive ones for teenage drivers because okay. they crash their cars all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're getting you know, one of those cars that's 10 years old, 12 years old, and it's not worth that much, that may be an area where you can save some money. Okay. Um, but you have to know that if it's in an accident, that either the kid or the parents are willing to help out to either fix the car on their own or to get a new car. I used to say it gave my car character. See? My Buick Skylark. <laughs> I keyed my own car because it was that much of a It beater. made you look tougher, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Those are the stories our kids need to tell. Right. Uh, <laughs> but one caveat to that, though, is if you are buying uh, your child a new car, or buying or leasing a car, yeah. the bank will require collision, and so it won't be an, an option okay. for you. So if you have a loan or a lease you're going to be required to carry the collision coverage. And so you'll have to incur that expense. Is it even smart to have your child lease a car when doesn't that increase the rate? Yeah, well, if you're leasing a car, you're typically having a newer car, which is going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, but again, all families are different. And, you know, some want the, their kids to be driving the, the newest models with the most safety features and the most reliable. Mm-hmm. And some people just have the wherewithal or the income to allow their kids to do that. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. You just need to know ahead of time hey, there's going to be some coverages that you're going to be mandated to have. As long as you know that and that you're okay, okay with that, that's fine. Comprehensive insurance. Yeah, so comprehensive is also a, a type of coverage for damage to your vehicle. It includes theft, fire, and just to make things complicated, collision with an animal. So deer oh, is okay. the big one, right? Or bird. We see those sometimes Do those too. deer whistles work, by the way? <laughs> that's a tough question to answer because you don't know how many deer you've avoided. You only know about the deer it's that true. you haven't avoided, <laughs> right? True. Okay. So I don't know the answer to that question. I think some people say they do. My dad believes that they do, but do you get a discount with deer whistles? You do not. There's oh, no okay. discount for deer whistles. All right. All right. Not proven enough. Okay. Yes. Is that smart to have? It goes back to the value of your car. And if you're, you know, if your car is stolen or damaged in fire or vandalized, you know, if it's 15 year old car, you may yeah. not care that much. If it's a newer car, you're going to want that coverage. And the comprehensive is less expensive than the collision. The collision is really a big driver. So it's probably worth 
adding on for a few bucks. The difference between, and this is horrible. I mean, I've been driving for how many years, and a lot of this stuff I'm still not 100% sure I understand. The underinsured and uninsured. and Yeah, so that's one thing that I did want to point out today is it's important for your listeners to understand not every insurance policy is the same. It's not just taking a box off the shelf and everyone gets the same product mm. and it's just a matter of what the price is. I mean, these coverages come into play and there's different limits that are set that should be a conversation between you and your agent. And I mentioned that here because the underinsured, uninsured is one of the biggest areas that we see overlooked and it's really a critical coverage. When you have an auto insurance policy, one of the main limits is the bodily injury limit. And that protects you if you injure somebody else. Okay. But what happens if you're involved in an accident where somebody else crashes into you and injures you, and they either don't have auto insurance because they're breaking the law, or they have the state minimum limits, which are very, very low, and you and your family members are injured. The underinsured and uninsured is a coverage on your policy that protects you and your family in those scenarios where the other driver doesn't have insurance or is underinsured. And those are really important coverages to review with your agent, and they're actually relatively inexpensive. I think there's good value there, and I think it really helps to protect you and your family's assets. Okay, so you have to make sure yourself that you have those, but also for your new driver. Yeah, drive around town. I mean, how often on your commute are you shaking your fist at the idiot drivers that are driving around you or have their, you know, faces in their phones and... You know, imagine if one of them, you know, hits you and injures you or your passengers and, you know, they have, and they have uh, nothing. They have nothing. You go after them for nothing. Right, exactly. So, you know, you want to look at uh, having some protection on your policy for those scenarios as well. How about if your teen goes away to school? So say we're college age, do you still need to have them on your policy or can you remove them and then put them back on when they come back home? Yeah, that's another good question. As long as their primary residence is still your home, you're going to want to keep them on your policy. Okay. However, it is important to note that most insurance companies will give you some sort of credit or discount if your child is going to a college that's more than 100 miles away from your home. Okay. 100 miles is the typical radius, if you will. So if they're going to you know, University of Michigan, let's, you know, let your agent know, and they should be able to get a discount for you because your kid's so far away. And that's, of course, assuming they're not bringing a car with them. But okay. they're coming home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and summer, and so it's just kind of a, an assumed thing that they're going to be driving the car at certain points throughout the year. All right. Speaking of discounts, how else can our young drivers get a discount? So there's a bunch of different discounts in the industry. Some are specific, you know, to the driver and some are just for the policy as a whole that you're going to want to review and keep in mind. Most insurance companies will give you a discount if you're, if your kid's a good student. Normally that's like an A or B student. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And so they may they may ask for a copy oh, of your kid's report card. Oh, wow. So okay. if I he gets an A that. and B in uh, math and science, but gets that F, you know, in history, you're going to see it if you want to <laughs> forward it on. But uh, yeah, if they have a good grade point average, they'll have a discount. Uh, clean driving record is one of the biggest things. So mm-hmm. obviously there's nothing on there when they first start. But, you know, as they've been driving around for a year or two, if you know, if they get speeding tickets, the rates are going to go up. If they do get in fender benders, you know, their rates are going to go up. So making sure that they maintain a clean driving record is really important. And when you say the rates go up, I guess it's dependent on which company you're working with, right, as far as the percentage? Of yeah, that it's, not okay. a, uh, it's not a flat set rate. Um, you know, they have different rates. They have different tiers. It's actually mm-hmm. gotten fairly complicated over the last decade. They do um, that on purpose they to do that confuse on purpose. us. That's right. So now I have no idea what I'm paying for. That's why you go to a good agent yeah. and they'll sit down and explain it to you. <laughs>
Um, driver's ed courses, you know, they used to be through the high schools. I don't know if you did a driver ed course in school. I remember sitting and it was like a, almost like an Atari video game. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, now some schools still do them. Sometimes you have to go outside to a third party to do it, but there's discounts if they complete a driver education program. Okay. Um, and then just some other uh, discounts that are available as a policy as a whole that are not specific to the teenage driver, but important to keep in mind, more and more insurance companies will give you a discount if you go paperless meaning they can send you your bills and your mm. policies electronically as opposed to the mail. If you sign up for automatic payment through a credit card or your checking account, as opposed to them having to mail you a paper invoice, uh, more and more companies are giving you a discount for that. And account credit. You know, if you have your auto policy with the same insurance company that insures your home, most insurance companies will give you a discount for that as well. So you really want to look at your whole insurance package with your family when we're viewing adding your teenage driver. Is it worth investing the time to price check? How much of a difference is there between companies? There can be big discrepancies, um, and it's for a variety of reasons. It may not even be specific to you. It could just be that the insurance company as a whole, you know, had a poor record, you know, the last few years, and so they decided to increase their premiums across the board. Mm. Uh, but other times... Do you want to tell us any of those companies? Uh, I'd rather not with? right now. No? <laughs> no, no. Not even, we won't even but, play but the rhyming game? No, I know. <laughs> uh, but it ebbs and flows. So, you okay. know, if, if some companies, you know, having a bad run right now, you know, maybe they're, you know, more competitive a few years later. Um, but they also look at uh, each family differently. So, you know, they may weigh... Uh, your accidents or moving violations like that stop sign or red light or, or speeding ticket, uh, they may weigh that more heavily than the next insurance company. Uh, a big thing in insurance premiums is your credit score. It's part of an insurance score that they look at. It's really important to, to have a good credit score because it really impacts your premiums. But different insurance companies weight that a little differently. It can fluctuate. I don't recommend shopping every year. I think there is some value to having some loyalty to a carrier as long as they're doing a good job by you. Uh, because if there ever is a gray area, um, it helps to say, hey, I've been with you for seven years uh, as opposed to, hey, I've been with you for six months. You didn't know me you know, before that. Right. Um, but it is important to go to uh, an agent that represents a bunch of different companies and say, hey, you know, every, every three years I would say, you know, hey, let's make sure we're in a, in a good spot. Oh, every um, three years. Okay. Yeah, that's probably what I would recommend. But it's not all about price. I mean, it's really uh, you got to make sure that you're you're getting the coverages that are going to protect you and your family. Yeah. Uh, and you also want to pay attention to claim service. I mean, if you're paying all this money every year for an auto policy and you do get in a, an accident and you're dealing with a company that's you know, dragging their feet on the claim or it's yeah. a mess or it's a nightmare. Well, that's everyone's fear too. Yeah. I mean, so you really want to talk to an agent and say, hey, what's what's your experience, you know, with this company on how they handle their claims? And So uh, now will your agent be completely honest when you ask that type of question? Because they're representing that company. Yeah. So that we absolutely are. Yeah. As a matter of fact, just last week, we, we had a, an existing client um, that we reviewed his insurance for. And we found a, a company that was uh, going to save him a couple hundred bucks, actually. And uh, he had actually had a claim with his current carrier, and it was handled very well. And we said to him, hey, here's an option. Save you a couple hundred bucks a year. They're a good company. They're not a bad company. Otherwise, we wouldn't deal with them. Um, but our experience is who you're with, their claims is just really a notch above. Uh, but it's uh, your choice. You know, okay. you, you know, here's the options. Here's our opinion. You choose. 
And he decided to stay where he was instead of saving the couple hundred bucks. Now, in part, he did have a claim earlier, and so he had experienced uh, yeah. their claim service, and he did like it a lot. So, yeah, I mean, our, office, our office is going to tell you, tell you what we feel. Yeah, and then we'll leave you, you know, to make the decision. What else should we know or be doing to make sure that we're protecting ourselves, especially when we do have a new driver in the house? It's really important that everyone has uh, something that we call an umbrella policy. It's an extra layer of liability insurance that actually goes on top of or over your home and auto insurance policy. Um, Bar none, it is the single greatest value in the insurance world. You can get a million-dollar umbrella policy uh, for someone who has two or three cars with one home for maybe less than 200 bucks a year or about oh, 200 bucks okay. a year for an extra million dollars of coverage. Is it a good number, a million-dollar policy? I think that everyone who has a home and you know a car should have a million-dollar li- umbrella liability okay. policy. Those policies are, are almost always sold in $1 million increments. So if your family uh, has more assets or you have uh, a high-paying job, you're going to want to look at some higher limits. But I think everyone should have a minimum of a million dollars, especially when you're talking 13 14 bucks a month. Do you increase it based on your income or do you increase it based on all the liabilities you have, like a teen driver, like a pool or a trampoline? And- yeah, so all those factors, the pool, the trampoline, the teenage drivers, all those things are, are increasing your risk and your likelihood of having a lawsuit and a higher, uh, higher level lawsuit. And so those, those reasons are, are driving the need for the umbrella if you don't already have one. But, but still with all those factors, the one million is good enough? Depending on your situation, if you're a, a cardiologist and you have a you know, million dollar home, you know, you're going to want higher limits. Okay. But if you're just you know, an average person like you and me, you definitely mm-hmm. want at least a million dollars. Because you have to remember, you know, one of the things that we always hear when it comes to umbrella policies is people saying, they can sue me for all they want, I don't have anything. And so I don't need to buy more insurance. What people don't understand is that if you're negligent and you injured someone, even if you don't have a million dollars in the bank, the courts can say, you know what, we're not going to make you homeless, we're not going to take your home, but we're going to garnish a certain percentage of your wages until that party is paid off. And so even if you don't have anything, if you have a job, you know, the courts can say, hey, you're going to owe 10% of your pay or 15% of your pay until this person is, is whole. And so having an umbrella policy helps to protect that. And we want to protect that income that you work so hard for. And so you want to, you want to, I mean, your home is an asset. The cars are an asset. You know, most people have some sort of 401k account. I mean, we have more assets than people realize. Yeah. And so you want to protect those and you want to protect the need to have to pay, you know, a percentage of your pay. You know, you're doing this whole series about building wealth and creating wealth. You know, it'd be a travesty to spend all that time and all that effort building that up only to have it knocked down because you wanted to save a couple bucks on your insurance. All right, let's uh, now get to our return on investment. The biggest takeaway or something that we can implement or really seriously consider, think about today, what would you say that is? I think the biggest thing is to really make sure you have a relationship with an independent agent because every case is different mm-hmm. and you want to have a trusted advisor. You have an accountant, you have a banker, you have a trusted advisor. You want to make sure that your insurance agent knows you, knows your family, and is going to sit down and give you the truth about what you and your family need and what they recommend. 
We really want to make sure that we're protecting your assets, protecting what you're spending, you know, your adult working life building up so that you can retire. I think that is the number one thing to do. In this profit-hungry world, how do you make sure our agent is genuinely looking out for our best interest? Yeah, so that's a great question. My answer to that is uh, insurance agents work uh, predominantly for referrals. And so, listen, there's always a bad apple in every bunch. uh, But I know for our office, uh, we want to be advisors. We're we're not product peddlers. And we want to sit down and have a conversation with you and give you options and let you decide. We want to put different things in front of you and explain it to you. And we want to do that. And we want to make sure that we're doing it honestly and and empowering you to make the best decisions because we're hoping, frankly, that you'll you know, tell your friends and your family members and so we can earn their trust too. Uh, we think it's very short-sighted to try to deceive or manipulate or just do it for a quick buck. We're in this for the long haul and, and um, you know, we want to do what's right by our customers. Mike Swass from Insurance Marketplace, owner of Insurance Marketplace. We really appreciate your insight. Thanks for having me. If you want to achieve financial freedom, if you want to start building up your nest egg for retirement, let's say the goal is seven figures. Is there a way to speed things up, make the money grow a little faster? The stock market may be the place for you. If it sounds intimidating, I'm here to say you can do it. In addition to having a 401k, you can play the market and win. I'll tell you how next week. It's the Stock Market 101. Next week on 7 Figures, presented by Family First Credit Union. Thank you so much for checking us out on rochesterbuzz.com and for subscribing on iTunes and Google Play. You guys are great. Talk to you next week.